Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. A crash landing, an ATV, and telepathic plants. Episode four is a crazy planet-bound adventure that ends with our crew in peril. What's going to happen next? We'll jump into the runaway and utilize the hold on to your butts grab handles. My name is Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek Prodigy. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Episode four of Star Trek Prodigy puts our crew on their first away mission, and not everything goes right. But we do end up getting to see some redemption for one of our characters who ends up saving another. Speaking of saving the day, my co-host continues to make this show appointment listening. Without her, it would be just another old man talking about Star Trek on a podcast. She is my progeny. She is Emily. And Emily, what's up tonight? You can't find the mute button? Nope. I'm ready to make fun of you with an audience, as always. And I'm going to have a lot of fun. All right. Well, instead of chastising me, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us online? You can follow the show on Twitter at Discovering Trek, and you can find us on Twitter at Trek Legacy and on Instagram with the same handle. You can also find us in Camp Kittimer from time to time. If you'd like to join the conversation there, answer a couple simple questions, and you'll be welcomed in by your admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark. You can subscribe to the podcast by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app or by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So as we mentioned on last week's episode, the goal of Discovering Trek Prodigy is to get the viewpoint of the target audience for this show. So this week, we have another guest from within that target audience. We welcome Nathan Sherman and his uncle and associate producer on the Trek Geeks podcast network, Patrick Escadero. And before we talk to both of you, uh, this is Nathan's podcast debut, but he is a big Star Trek fan. So Nathan, why don't you give us a little bit of a backstory on your, on how you get into Star Trek? Yeah. So uh, it was like a 2018 and then my uncle decided to show me, uh, I think it was the first movie, the first star, new Star Trek 2009 movie, or I think it was the last one, third one, showed it to me. And I was like, wow, this looks amazing. Like, it was amazing, like, how, like, they escaped and stuff. Like, they like, found the Franklin. It was, oh, yeah. And then I just became a Trek fan. So whenever I go to this house, I pick up two model ships, and I just play around with them all day, and it entertains me all day. <laughs> no reason. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so we have Patrick to uh, to blame for adding another, another person to this fandom that uh, – that continues to grow. I mean, this is a good thing though. So what are the two of you liking so far about prodigy? I just like the overall show, like the animation on all the episodes have been great. Like the plot and stuff has also been great as well. Yeah. For me, the, uh, the animation is unbelievable, honestly. And I, every episode I find something that just looks uh, beautiful and it's a, it's a great way to get kids into star Trek because you know, I think young, younger viewers, even younger than Emily and Nathan, really uh, like that big, colorful like palette that this show is presenting, and it just uh, I don't know, it just just really beautiful. It's hard to describe it any other way. Yeah, the word that keeps springing to mind for me is phenomenal. Um, just, I mean, I'm blown away each week when we see something new come out of it. Um, so. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Emily and I are both definitely fans of the show so far. 
and hopefully anyone that is listening is as well. But we're going to give you this personal reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Prodigy episode Dreamcatcher. If you have not yet watched Dreamcatcher, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and head back to listen to us. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. So, Emma, why don't you start us off with the episode synopsis for Dreamcatcher? Janeway has been teaching the cadets starship operation after last week's mishap. She then calls them all to the bridge to investigate an M-class planet in the Herogen star system. Dal objects, but quickly changes his mind when Janeway says she'll report them to Starfleet for not doing their job. Dal, Jenkum, Rock, and Zero all go to planet side with the runaway and end up splitting up and end up being seduced by organisms on the planet. Meanwhile, Gwen has escaped the brig and taken over the protostar and reported their whereabouts to the diviner dal figures out the planet's secret and, and rescues his crew while gwen tries to get the ship off the ground the protostar is thrown away from its landing spot as the crew watches helplessly but gwen is able to save murph from the crashing ship all right so let's throw it the way of our guests to start things off um patrick we'll start with you since uh since we had nathan uh, give us his little quick bio there so what were your thoughts on uh this episode Dreamcatcher? uh it's probably my favorite since the premiere even though there's only technically been four episodes if you count the first one as being a two-parter um because i thought there was a lot of character development uh that happened in this episode uh and I like one of the things that I, I've really enjoyed about the show is how the the introduction of Star Trek that you know the producers and writers have promised. I see it every episode, and in this one, you get this introduction to an M class planet, to Starfleet's mission about always you know exploring something you know new that they come across, uh, and you know Janeway being that guide. So that's uh, that's definitely probably my favorite thing so far throughout the series is being able to pick out those little bits of star trek that the younger viewers are, are getting introduced to for those that don't know much about it yeah um i've got written down here like one of the first things that happened uh, after the credits where where dallas trying to do a captain's log and it's like and he right away says you know janeway's trying to teach us about how a ship works and she says we the, uh, the as the captain i should be doing a log of what everybody's doing but he can't quite figure out the star date piece which hey you know what whatever most of us can't either uh, as far as we know it's just numbers that uh that the writers are are uh are doing themselves yeah and i like the uh <laughs> it was jank and pog i think as they're going through that learning sequence where he accidentally fires a torpedo off into nowhere yeah um, like they they balance it really nicely between kind of teaching you this techno babble about star trek but then also mm-hmm. throwing in some some fun elements uh that kind of will make younger viewers laugh and of course since i'm basically 12 year old at heart trapped in the old man's body uh you know i laughed at it as well he also shoots himself in the face with a phaser later on that's Very right true. that's right stuns himself <laughs> how about you nathan what what are some of your thoughts from this episode i just think it was overall really good you know like the animation of like the uh planet was very good like they, like you know how like the uh plant things i'm gonna call them plant things because i forgot what they're called like they uh i don't know if they gave them a real name so i am i'm good with plant things yeah i yeah, think you might call them something but it was a complicated word so oh okay i, I don't know yeah so the plant things like were like recreated what they were thinking like in like how the like his weaknesses and all that like where his parents and like all the cute animals and stuff and then she she started get suspicious of it but she realized that it was just herself like when there was the animals so yeah also but like the i don't like cliffhangers that much so but that was the only <laughs> part it's like that's the only part i didn't like at all all right. You and you and Emily have no idea what a cliffhanger is until you had to deal with uh, with Next Generation season three into season four. Yeah, where I, I'm just going to leave it at that. But yeah, I, I do agree. Um, you know, Emily and I said when we watched this episode, you know, that stinks. We got to wait till next week to find out, you know, where they're going to pick up from here. But, you know, that's how that's how we 
have our interest kept in shows like this. So, um, you know, bra- bravo to uh, to uh, Lisa Schultz Boyd, who wrote this and uh, making sure that uh, we've got something to come back to next week. Yeah, I was surprised they did a cliffhanger in episode four because everything's mm. kind of been a continuation. You know, we go from episode one and two directly into like the next scene starts episode two and so on. But this was like a true full blown cliffhanger. Yeah. 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 You know, it seems like prodigy is going to, is kind of going the way that strange new worlds is going to go where it's not serialized, but this also isn't quite episodic either. Um, but at times it seems like, you know, they have a problem at the beginning, they solve the problem at the end and there's other pieces that are carrying forward. So but we'll see, but yeah, this is definitely one of those ones where the problem was not solved by the end. M, what were your thoughts for uh, Dreamcatcher? The first thing that I thought when I saw it with Gwen's arm thing was that is so cool. And this episode just proved me right on so many more levels because it, it, we've seen it change shape, but the fact that she can summon it with her mind, it's pretty cool. It must have taken a lot of discipline to do that, but that's really cool. And um, I also put down also about Gwen. It's really sad that she knows that the apparition that the planet shows her isn't her father just because he's acting so nice to her. Like, He's like, let's stay here for a little while longer. And she's just like, you're not my father. It's really sad. Well, it's like when he uh, when he calls her by that uh, extended name, uh, Gwendala. It's mm-hmm. like when he says that, she's like, my father wouldn't say something like that. that. That's not right. And it's also really sad, too, that she just goes up to him and immediately gets down on one knee. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny you and i have that same point because i had that in my uh in my points as well um also you know i do I, I am enjoying that while this this is definitely different from lower decks and that comedy isn't the main point of it but we're definitely getting those funny parts within it seems like uh Jenkin pog is uh the comic relief in some cases um like when they're using their when they're first using their tricorders there and uh zero says that uh he's already he's already picking up a gas sample and pog says guilty he's he's the one causing gas um and then when he when he's uh when he's in his little uh dreamland there and he says oh i'm gonna you know, there's nothing wrong with taking just one bite and he dips his entire helmet in there. I mean, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that uh, that's good for comedy. I will tell you. So last week uh, I talked quite a bit about how Dal is becoming difficult to like as a character. Definitely. I kind of feel like he did a little bit better this week in some regards but he's still only looking out for himself. Um, you know, he goes tearing through in the ru- in the runaway and leaves everyone else behind. Um, when he gets out and he's exploring, he leaves his communicator in there so no one can get in contact with him. Uh, so those are definitely some low points for me. Again, I think this is, I mentioned this last week. I think this is going to be part of his character development that we have to see him at his worst before we can see him at his best. Um, uh, but the other thing that I, that I took away from this as a down is um, I think Patrick, you mentioned it, that, um, you know, there are viewers of this show now that are younger than Emily and Nathan. I, I thought a couple of the, the um, sequences with the, with the plant thingies, uh, we're a little scary maybe for some younger viewers. That's a good point. Um, I actually, when I did my second watch through, I thought that, uh, cause I wanted to maybe introduce this to Nathan's sister, Morgan, who's seven, but I <laughs> thought that sequence might've been a little bit too scary um, mm-hmm. because the way 
the projections they make and then they turn into that organic plant thing that kind of comes all around them and wraps mm-hmm. it. It's, it could be a little bit scary for a for a younger viewer. I definitely agree with that. I've already asked my sister like so many times. She said, no, I'm not watching this show because it's Star <laughs> Trek and she does not like Star Trek at all. See, that's so, a, like, I, even I if like there wasn't in there, like she was saying, no. Nah. Well, we'll we'll fix that someday. It's funny because I've actually heard some people online uh, who, you know, their kids are always like, nope, Star Trek is mom or dad's thing. They haven't even told their kids that it's Star Trek. And it's perfect because, nope, the first episode does say Star Trek Prodigy at the beginning. Uh, But they put it on and the kids don't even realize that it's Star Trek right away until they're like hooked on it. So, so you may, you may have already uh, messed it up a little bit for your sister there and saying that it's Star Trek. So maybe, maybe if you're just watching it one day and she walks in the room, she won't even realize what it is. I think, uh, I think Morgan uh, sees Star Trek as kind of Nathan and uncle Pat's thing. As uh, she doesn't like sci-fi, just likes YouTube. That's all she watches 24 (laughs) seven. When I'm at school, it's YouTube. That's it. That's it. That's like the that's like the thing now. Yeah. Makes me feel pretty old every day. <laughs> Library computer data being received. So how about callbacks for this episode or things that uh, we might have recognized in coming from other iterations of Star Trek in the past? So, Em, I'm going to start with you on this one. What were some of the things that you noticed coming from older older Star Trek series? Um, I kind of forgot about it when we first watched it, so I had to jot one thing down that I remembered. Um, the Herogen system, um, you know, from Voyager. So mm-hmm. that, that's all I noticed. I, I really forgot about it. Okay. Hey, no problem. This was actually, I thought, one of the episodes that kind of had the fewest things in it going back to other Star Trek. So, uh, Nathan, I'll call on you. Is there anything that you that you found from this that you have seen from other Star Treks you've seen before? I would say Janeway, but that's just obvious. So, no, <laughs> I haven't seen anything. At okay. All. My uncle will see like a thousand things probably, to be honest, because he like whenever we watch an episode, it's like, hey, there's something from the past, like from next generation. <laughs> oh, getting getting caught up on my nephew on a podcast. Uh, never. Th- no, 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 no. Like, you find it all the time. Like you're, all you're the also time. you're also right about this. I found a number of things in this that I, exactly <laughs> that were kind of it. subtle. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Sentences I would have never thought. But- I'd say in 2021, nephew calling yep. me out on Star Trek podcast. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Herogen system, uh, Voyager, obviously. Uh, the one that I love, well, actually, there were two that I love the most. The tricorder sounds, even though the design of the tricorder was, uh, you know, different, newer. The sounds were the same as TNG and Voyager and DS9, and I, I, I love that. Um, same with the phaser. The phaser looked different, but the the sound was pretty much exactly the same. Uh, the runaway was definitely a reference to the Argo from Star Trek mm-hmm. Nemesis. And that was just, that was amazing. Um, and the one other thing that uh, I thought was pretty subtle is when Janeway says holograms can't leave the ship. My first thought was, can we get this uh, hologram, a mobile emitter, like the doctor from Voyager had? Emily said the same thing. She's like, what about mobile emitters? It was 29th century technology, so they would have had mm. to find a way to replicate it between when Voyager came back and when the protostar went out. So true. Honestly, true. um the I don't remember what it's called all of a sudden. Um the vehicle, um, what's it called? The runaway. Yeah. The runaway. I don't know how many people that are listening or any of you watch Lost in Space. But it reminded me of the rover from that. So, the new Lost in Space. Yes. Yeah. Well, I do have a couple of things. Uh, I, I actually had uh, a few things that uh, that you guys mentioned. The Herogen. Uh, I think we talked about M class planet earlier. Uh, the tricorder sounds. It's very subtle, but when Gwyn summons her bracelet thing. And it liquefies. It actually goes down into a Jeffrey's tube. So we noticed the Jeffrey's tube in the episode. And 
this is a real deep cut when the protostar is landing on the planet the whole bridge is lit up in blue for blue alert like voyager had when it would land so blue alert i mentioned that to emily and she couldn't remember she did not remember that at all and then we uh when i talked about it from i think it was first it was first in the 37s and then in basics when they landed the blue alert on both of those so there you go I did not remember the blue alert thing. That is a deep, deep cut there. I'm like, man, bravo on that one. There you and go. The, Je- the Jeffrey's tube. Yeah, definitely obvious because you see it pretty distinctively. Like that's it, it looks like a Jeffrey's tube now that I'm thinking about it in my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch that one either. I didn't catch it until I rewatched it today. Um, it, it's a it's a very quick cut because it, you know, it liquefies and falls through the floor and then it's maybe a second that it's on screen, but I was like, "Oh, hey, Jeffrey's tube, pretty cool." Doesn't every ship have a Jeffrey's tube, though? Like, it does. That, yeah. So why is that a callback if it's just like on every single? Because we haven't seen it in Prodigy yet. Well, Smart kid. Maybe someday they'll show a fire and somebody trapped in it, one with a plate. And then you can say that it's a callback to a previous episode. <laughs> A lot of Voyager references. Basically, most of these are Voyager references because it's basically aimed at Voyager. Yeah. Nathan hasn't seen a lot of Voyager, unfortunately. No, I've not seen a lot of Voyager at all. And I really Uh, hadn't until last year myself. So that's fine. It's actually one of the first ones that I showed Emily. Um, I mean, basically because I thought it would be something that she would be interested in. And then, you know, the whole having a girl and it's a female captain i thought it would be a good um a, a good like oh hey it's a female captain i'll watch it because i mean i know she doesn't like kirk that much so i thought well it's a better draw if it's a female captain for you you're right i don't like kirk i know you don't <laughs> i think it's a thing about about uh, your age group please specify how you would like to proceed sir So in this portion of the program, our Starfleet Academy portion, uh, we talk about what Star Trek has always aimed to do over the course of its 55-year history, and that is to try and teach the audience something about itself. And so now Prodigy is doing that with the next generation of its viewers. So let's see. I think everyone has had a turn at going first, so I will pose this next one to Nathan to start off. Uh, So in your opinion, Nathan, is there something that you saw in this episode that you thought it was trying to teach the audience something, whether it be for yourself as the younger generation or for your uncle as the older generation? I didn't think of anything. I just thought like anything is possible to any age. Cause like, you know how like they're like doing stuff on the planet and stuff like it when they're young. Like, it's mm-hmm. just showing like, anything is possible if you think about it. And it's not like a limited age group. It's just any age you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And Pat, I can say that because if I remember, if I remember correctly, you and I are like the same age. So, you know, yeah. if I, yes. if I call, if I call myself out as old, then I gotta, I gotta pass the buck as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely right there with you. so uh so what about you is there something that you found uh within this that you thought was a teaching moment yeah i definitely thought um when they all leave the ship and everybody splits up uh it's kind of i think trying to convey the idea of it's better to work as a team than to split up uh you know safety in numbers you know sticking together everybody's off doing their own thing and it works in this episode because you get a little character development from each person since you you see a little bit of their their inner thoughts via what this organic organism thing is doing and showing them. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think it was trying to tell us like, Hey, you know, stick together, help each other out. Uh, that way, if you, there is trouble, you know, you're going to be able to get out of it a little bit easier. Yeah. I've got, I've got some of those same exact things written down uh, in my notes. Um, you know, rock talk, I think was the first one when, when Dal uh, peeled out of there in the runaway, she goes, I thought we were going to explore together, you know, and if they had, like you said, you know, it would have helped them to solve the problem a little bit quicker, uh, quicker, a little bit quicker. Um, 
And then, you know, potentially they might not have gotten stuck in the situations that the four of them got stuck in, you know, and in this case, it actually works out that that Dal was able to figure it out so quickly and rescue everybody else. Uh, M, what about you? I know you had something different from that. Well, um, are you sure that Dal didn't figure it out quicker? All right, smarty pants. Tell us what you're so smart about. Well, the lesson that I took from it with the way that the planet presented their thoughts right to them and their hopes and desires was that just because you want something, that doesn't mean you could take it. It could hurt people around you or it could hurt yourself. Um, And it can be really dangerous to take something that you want. But for that reason, you know, it could draw, it could drive you apart from other people in your life, or it could sometimes block connections from yourself in some way. So. She's upstaging me once again. You know, she makes fun of me and then she sounds smarter than me. Uh, one, one of the, one of these days, she's just going to be doing her own podcast and I'm not even going to bother helping her anymore. Really not that hard to sound smarter than you, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And the sad part about all of this is the listeners are now expecting to hear it in the show. So I can't even cut that out. I got to leave it in. (laughs) All right, Em. Uh, Oh, you know what? I I do want to talk about your point a little bit because I did. I did a pre instead of just, you know, busting your chops about it. I did really appreciate that point when you mentioned it to me, when we watched it, because um, I thought of the saying, uh, look before you leap. Um, And I, I, I've given so much praise over the last couple episodes to rock talk because she's been such a strong character. And I don't want to say she, she kind of stepped back from that this week because she definitely didn't this week. She really acted the age that she's supposed to be on this instead of being, you know, this, uh, this like presence that kind of binds everybody together. Now she's, she is this, she's this young girl that really likes animals. And so like she gets swept up in that right away. And it took them like throwing the rock at her head to get her to come out of it. And it wouldn't have taken any more than what we see at the end of the episode where she literally just stands up and everything breaks off of her. But, you know, she's, she is acting her age here. And so, yeah, just not going, like you said, I'm not going after everything that you want. I hate to say this. Actually, that's a lie. I don't hate to say this, but they actually threw a tricorder at her, not a rock. Oh, did they? Yep. Oh, okay. I'll I'll have to rewatch it. I, I, both times I watched it, I thought it was a rock. So it's rectangular. So I think it's a try. I mean, it could, they could have just found a thin rectangular rock, but I don't know. No idea. It also looked kind of purple, which is why I say that. Okay. Hey, I, I will, I will bow to the wisdom that everyone says you have. It was the cool new tricorder with the purple stripe on the side. Oh, my God. Here we go. Now she's calling back to lower decks. Next reference. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a rock, too, but I don't know. We're, we're getting older, Mike. It could be the eyes. It, the it's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> I just pay attention to the big details. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm just going <laughs> with the <laughs> That's right. The generations have to stick together. I'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Did you know that it's been five years since Fansets has been providing us with top-notch merchandise? It's hard to believe, but in that time, they've been providing us with offerings for all types of fandoms, including Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. And we've been talking about the last few weeks that it looks like Prodigy is setting itself up for a lot of awesome pin ideas for the Fansets team. 
Well, one of the things we keep talking about is the cool Delta that uh, Janeway has. And then this week we see it on the rest of the team on their away mission. But also happening this week, Fansets dropped one of the most anticipated Deltas around, that being the Wrath of Khan Delta badge. Right now, you can go to fansets.com and you can pick up the Wrath of Khan Delta badge in either magnetic or pin form, along with all of their other awesome Deltas Done Right collection. Go to fansets.com, check that out in the over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins, including that Delta collection, as well as micro crew pins, which we can't wait to see the Prodigy crew show up in that episode pins and many other great designs. So go to fansets.com and put a whole bunch of pins in your cart. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using the code Discovering Trek at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders $30 or more. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So now we'll transition into our medals section, the Christopher Pike Medal of Honor. So, Emily, why don't you lead this one off for us? And we're going to cover something from this, at least one thing from this week's episode that you would like to nominate for an award. You know, I'm always going to mention the art, but not just the art, um, the animation I think they did an amazing job, as always. Um, I feel like it was, it must have been so difficult to do the vines that were attached to the ship and, you know, animating it, controlling Janeway and having it not just stand still on Dal's parents, but if you were looking close enough, you could see that they were slowly moving into the ground. And I think that that was very difficult. It's very detailed, and I really like that. And um, I also never realized this before, but I love the intro. It has all of the characters in it, and I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah, you got to look really closely for that, but there's a little bit of each character woven throughout that intro sequence. All right, uh, Patrick, what are your uh, medals of honor this week? Okay, um, so this goes back to what you were talking about with Dal and, and kind of being not the easiest character to like after these first couple of episodes. And I, I completely agree with that. Um, but by the end of this episode, he did something that I thought was a, a really good character development. Uh, and I wanted to nominate that for, for this week. Um, when he realizes what's going on, he kind of figures everything out, and uh, which I thought was pretty uh smart of him like he was he's a pretty intelligent kid when he's not kind of acting very selfish um but he gets into the uh the run runaway and he goes off but instead of going back to the ship which i think would have been in character for him to try to just get back to like safety because he doesn't know what's going on over at the ship with gwen at this point um he goes and tries to find other the other you know characters he he, he goes right off to find um, who does he find first? He finds uh, zero, I think. Yeah. And I thought that was growth for him because it wasn't not, not a selfish thing to do. It was like something rather than just going, Oh, I'm going to save myself and get back to the ship. He, you know, I guess he sees on the display that zero's over there. He's like, I gotta go get zero. And then they go and get, you know, each of the other characters on the way back. Uh, so for me, that was, uh, that was definitely a nice character development for him because I really haven't been the biggest Dal fan to this point, which seems like a very obvious uh, choice by the writers to make him that way right now, because they've mentioned prior to the series about it being about character growth and learning to work together. So uh, it's, it's, it, it, we don't like, I think maybe some kids wouldn't get subtleties behind somebody being selfish, but maybe not showing it. So you have to be kind of overt with that. 
And he's definitely like you see him being the selfish, only cares about himself, is only, you know, has grown up in solitude. Because, uh, you know, in the first episode, of course, they, they didn't have translators at the, the mining colony, so they couldn't really communicate with each other. Um, so it's going to take a lot for him to learn to be kind of a better person. And I think that was a big first step for him was to to go and try to save the others, figuring that they were probably in similar danger. I feel like the main character is supposed to be the person that you like the most because they're the captain and they're responsible for the entire crew. And, you know, they they have this kind of personality that you're just drawn to but i'm not gonna lie i don't 100 percent know if i would care if Dal got caught by the definer <laughs> well and that's kind of where they've they've put him at this point like i said i i feel like it's it's one of those things where we need to see the worst of him so that we can see how he's gonna grow into being a leader so did you have anything else that you wanted to nominate this week patrick um one that uh, I don't know if it really deserves a full like Medal of Honor, but uh, Kate Mulgrew's performance as the kind of organism fake Janeway that <laughs> was a little bit more sinister, Absolutely. a little bit more evil. Yeah. Absolutely. She, she ate those scenes up, you know, because she she transitioned from being our helpful guide to being that kind of evil representation of the uh, the organism. And I thought that was just, you know, I could mm-hmm. always go with the animation. That's probably always going to be on my list for amazing things about this episode that deserves a medal. But Kate Mulgrew this week with that, that voice acting as the, the evil organism was, was just top notch stuff. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was really cool. All right, Nathan, you're up. Uh, What do you have for medals this week? I have to talk about the uh, animation and art because like, it's like, oh, there's a lot of details with the art and animation, like on the uh, planet with all the vines, the, uh, engine on the planet with like uh the ship on the planet with the landing gear down the uh runaway the runaway too and like you know the animals as well it's like a lot of art and animation that is like really cool like some small details too like uh emily said the uh people his uh parents sinking into the ground like very slowly yeah i i i gotta say the you know, I said it before, I'll say it again. This animation has been phenomenal. Um, you know, you're almost waiting like for the next big thing all the time now. Saturday morning cartoons didn't look like this when I was a kid. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you're uh, awarding, Nathan? Yeah, the character development from uh, Dal. Like, you know, he how he said... Like, you know, he was like a jerk. He was a jerk most of the time. But like when like everybody was on the planet was when the ship was flying away and the vines were just taking it. He doesn't go to the ship at all. He just saves the people first. And then now they're stuck on there. But like could have been now leaving with the uh, diviner's daughter. Gwen, I think. Yep. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Um, the one thing is, I feel like if Dal had chosen to be selfish and go back to the ship, we wouldn't be in the situation that we were in now because he probably would have caught Gwen and might have been able to handle her and take back the ship. And then the ship mm. wouldn't have been destroyed. You know, it's just a possibility. And it well, might we don't be know that the ship is thinking, destroyed yet. We don't know that the ship smoking. is destroyed. It was smoking. and it eh. That could just be dust. It crashed from in the air. So did so did uh, Gwyn. Gwyn's shuttle crashed. It's a big puff of smoke. Yeah, wasn't the ship destroyed? No, it was wrapped. It was wrapped up in the vines. Also, like uh, the Jane was still uh, like on the ship. She was also like uh, evil. You know, like how she changed so it won't. Oh so yeah, Dal, but it's uh, Gwen. So like she doesn't argue with Gwen at all. So Gwen has uh somebody else on her side mm-hmm. yeah she re- she was able to reprogram her yep yeah gwen um gwen had quite the proficiency being a starfleet starship engineer there she was showing a little uh little jordy little torres like mm-hmm. hot wire and things and uh, uh that was uh that was interesting i want to i'm hoping to learn more about her uh her background on that kind of stuff mm. well uh, as Nathan and Emily both did, and I believe Patrick did as well. Um, this animation, I mean, 
you can't beat it. I have to, I have to give an award to that as well. Um, because, uh, you know, especially, you know, I'm not looking even at the detail that, uh, uh, Nathan, you and Emily did, um, with, uh, with the vines and everything like that. When they first blow the hatch and go outside the ship and you see the landscape and the mountains in the background and the rings of the moon and all of that. I mean, it is just so such immense detail. You know, I think of um, the detail that we saw in the landscape in Picard on Nepenthe. And I'm like, man, you know, that was live action. And of course they had to do some CG for that because, you know, you can't put some of those things into real live action because it was fake. But then just to see an entirely computer generated show and it looked so real, like it was an actual set I thought was incredible. Um, 3D modeling. Yeah, yeah. So my next one goes to the Runaway. Um, pretty awesome design. Um, the only thing I'll I'll say is they got to have more than four chairs, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be able to take more than four people on this on an away mission with that thing, and um, especially um, into the design of the Runaway that they put in the uh, hold on to your butts grab handles. Love it. And my final medal of honor uh, goes to, and we've already just talked about her a little bit here. Uh, Ella Purnell or Gwyn. A um, couple of things. First off, uh, like we said, the way she's able to quickly take the ship over. And it's not like in this nefarious way. She just like, she knows how everything works. And she makes the, she makes the point that, you know, her father had been teaching her all of these things for years. She didn't realize why. And now she does that. It was all for this. Um, And, you know, she just is able to do everything she needs to do right there to, to get uh, protostar under her control. But then the other piece that I, I definitely don't think is going under the radar. Um, her saving of Murph at the end, uh, getting him off the ship before it crashes. Um, that that's like my, uh, my, my touch, my, my touching moment of the week, uh, is her, is her saving Murph and like clutching onto him, uh, at the end, but also, um, uh, one other thing that I want to point out from that scene is, uh, going back to my favorite character, rock talk, her concern that Gwyn is hurt. Like you hear the concern in her voice when they get there that, you know, making sure that she's okay. But yeah, Ella Purnell, definitely a a great job this week uh, because she's finally able to do something now that she's escaped from the brig. I have to say though, I disagree that the, I forget its name again, the ship, not the ship. Runaway. Yes, the runaway. I disagree that you think that it needs to have more seats. You know, on an away mission, you need four people. You need the doctor, you need the first officer, you need the captain, and then you need a red shirt to kill off. Okay, that's that's everybody that you need. That's four people. But I'm saying two red shirts at least. Uh, you know, we're he we're can living ride on the roof. That's how he'll die. We're 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 living in the uh, kid the kids and sports generation now. You have to have that third row of seating. Let's take our trans warp conduit to the Delta Quadrant. So, uh, based on this week's episode and the previous storylines that we've seen happen, is there or what do you think could happen next week or later this season? Uh, Nathan, we'll go with you first. All right, I think it's obvious because you know it ended on a cliffhanger. So I think they'll just try to explore the planet, see, like, salvage, like, see if anybody else who's actually not hostile 
like the plant things are not like controlled by the plant things are there and like they can help out and maybe they'll find uh somebody in next week so hopefully yeah oh i like that that i had not even thought of that that's an awesome idea cool emily what about you i hadn't thought of that either and i think that that is an interesting point um you know the scanners read no life signs but then the vines talk to them and Janeway says that she's a representative. So the, the planet might just be jamming the sensors somehow. So that's a good point. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously they're going to need to work together to fix the proto star. If it's broken, which you say that it might not be, but I disagree with you forever and always. Um, they're going to probably have to work together to fix that. And I feel like it's going to be difficult, especially with Gwen, because, you know, she's escaped the brig. There's no brig to put her in now, um, you know, if the ship is damaged. And um, so all of the stuff that they have to keep her locked up in some sort of way is on the ship. And, you know, she's going to have to help them and they're going to have to help her. And she's probably one of the most, um, you know, um, educated people there in terms of ships and stuff and such. Um, And I feel like she might end up trying to slow them down just a little bit to help the diviner, but I don't know that for sure. So that's it. That was a lot, but really good thanks all right patrick uh, how about you what are your thoughts as to what could happen yeah i i think we're we're gonna see gwen work with the others maybe instead of against them but at the same time emily makes a good point it, it gwen is still not on board with what they're doing and she still has this loyalty to her father so i could see her definitely trying to slow them down whether it's repairing the ship or as nathan mentioned trying to find some other kind of life form on the planet that could help them. Um, I'd like to think she's going to continue to grow and then help them and help all of them get off the planet. Um, But there could always be a nefarious uh, idea in her head, just waiting to come out because as Emily said, she is, she is kind of the the smart one. She, she knows all the things about starships and uh, we've already seen that. So it'll be interesting to see how they resolve the cliffhanger and, and whether Gwen kind of ends up being still against them, quote unquote, or with them. Um, And I did like some of the other stuff, you know, going further down for the rest of the season where, you know, Dal has been acting very tough, but then the organism shows him his parents, which kind of makes you realize that, hey, he he has an interest in knowing more about them, even though he tries to pretend he doesn't, you know, he's a loner and he only worries about himself. He's still Um, just a kid, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jenka Pog even mentions a Tellar sleeper ship, which was kind of a throwaway line. But I thought that was interesting because he is mm-hmm. a Tellarite. And is that how he got to the Delta Quadrant? And was he on that ship with his parents and that they got separated? So nice. it's nice that we're get, getting these little like little bits, you know, even just in one line that it gives us some more insight into the the backgrounds of these characters that hopefully we learn more about, you know, in future episodes. Yeah. And, you know, there, I did want to uh, comment on uh, something that Emily said about uh, they, they could have something that's blocking their sensors. And I was thinking to myself, well, what if I created uh, I've got this kid that's like spouting techno babble now, you know, <laughs> my thought and it's going to be it's really not too much of a stretch, I don't think. Uh, I am thinking that uh, since Gwen sent out the message to the diviner uh, next week, he is going to take control of the protostar and that episode five is going to end on another cliffhanger um, so that we're left trying to figure out how everyone is able to escape. And why do I think it's going to be a cliffhanger? 
This week, we learned that the length of season one of Prodigy is going to be 20 episodes long, but that after episode five, Prodigy will be on hiatus until January 6th and run through episode 10 on February 10th. Then a second break will happen with episodes 11 through 20 coming out late in 2022. So, our cliffhanger... I'm thinking is going to make us all wait the six weeks until uh, January for us to figure out what's going to be happening with our prodigy crew, but we will have to wait until next week to see how that goes on. So Patrick, Nathan, uh, we are so thrilled that the two of you were able to join us uh, this evening and talk about Dreamcatcher. Nathan, I am sure at 12, you are not on uh, the social medias because I don't let Emily do that. But uh, Patrick, I know is out there. So Patrick, where can people get in touch with you online and potentially share their thoughts on Nathan's thoughts so that you can pass them on to him? Yeah, I uh, can be found on Twitter at Patrick E 34. Always happy to talk Trek. And if you have any comments for me or Nathan, I will definitely pass them along. Nathan, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was great. Even though you are an Eagles fan, we did welcome you on the show with open arms. Don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus contra- content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trekkies Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash Trekkies, where subscriptions start as low as $2 a month. And for more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcasts on the network. In addition to Discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Politrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and the newest shows, Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and With the First Link. You can find all these shows and where to listen online at trekgeeks.com slash listen, or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. Episode 4 of Prodigy stranded us on a Class M planet. Will we get off of it in the next episode? Join us again next week as we welcome a mother of three children who are watching Prodigy with her, Jen Tiff from Trek Corps, on Discovering Trek Prodigy. Until then, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.